go, mate. So, Gordo, um, can you please describe yourself in a sentence or two? Mate, total fruitcake on two legs. But uh, I'm job job description, uh, I'm a cinematographer. I started at the Seven Network in 1979. I went 20 years for those guys, and I've been a cameraman on the WSL for 16 years, and I've made the vocation the vocation. Couldn't wipe the smile off. I used to, my brother had a surfing magazine in 1974. One of the guys, uh, there's two couple of partners, the guys who own Curl and Dick Hall and Jack McCoy. And Jack McCoy put me under his wing and I looked up to him and uh, I did a, a pretty classic job with him once called Green Iguana with Oki and Sonny Garcia and Sumba in a kind of remote part of Indonesia. And also my sister was a makeup artist and she used to do homicide and matlock police and stuff when I was a kid. And all her boyfriends and associates were cameramen and they all had flipping trucks and dogs and cowboy boots. I'm going, shit, maybe I should become a cameraman. And when I was 17 years old in 1979, I got the start at the Seven Network. So whenever there was a chance to shoot any surfing, I'd obviously do that. And then we had a thing called Coast Watch, uh, where I used to shoot uh, surfing and fishing conditions, etc. And I always used to you know, go away with Jack McCoy and make these epic movies where they had a good budget, we'd go to great spots and... You look back, I've been to Jeffrey's Bay in Africa 20 times. I've been to Tahiti 16 times and can speak Tahitian. So it's not only is it uh, made the vacation the vacation, culturally I'm rich. Um, you're a positive vibe warrior. You're just working with good people and hanging out with, with solid crew. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's life's no dress rehearsal and I feel like I've nailed it. Ah, that's unreal. So, mate, what's a, give us a quick rundown for your schedule of the year, usually your schedule of the year. Um, my, my calendar these days, um, and I have, in the, as I said, I've been doing this for 16 years. I, I went for eight, eight years without missing one CT around the world. So uh, I've had a really good run, but with the new structure with the WSL, my roster now is the three in Australia, so I, we call it the Aussie Triple Crown. Um, so Gold Coast, Bells Beach, Margaret River. Um, I've been to Brazil 10 times in the past, haven't been the last couple. So that'll probably, I think it's cheaper to send the guys from America and it's, they're much friendly with the US visas there. So my bread and butter ones, I'm a, I've become an expert doing the boat angle. So it's long days, but imagine if you're at the boxing, it's flipping ringside. So the last 30 events in, uh, in Fiji, and because we used to do the, the Roxy Pro, or sorry, Quicksilver Pro, and then we'd come back and do the chicks. Well, now with the WSL, we're there for 24 days. So what I do is uh, the three in Australia, Fiji, South Africa, Tahiti. I do California for a Japanese uh, colleague. And uh, I'm about to head off and do the girls in Maui, and I'm on standby for a big wave event at uh, Jaws too. So I'm, I'm stoked, um, and I can do the Pipe Masters if they call me in, and I, I did that last year. But I'm lucky where I've got tons of mates who are the, the shot callers over there. Like I'm like a retarded goat with a smartphone. I'm not very au okay with all that stuff, but I look at my phone and it goes, I've been poked by Sonny Garcia. 34 times in a row. <laughs> so the blokes who are running the show there, they're all my old mates and we've, uh, you know, yeah. we've uh, worked for it together for years. And um, But I just love going to Maui because the, the, the Aloha spirit's alive and well. Everyone is just so friendly and uh, being a relative uh, newcomer to that island, I've got like a, a you know, squadron of champion mates over there now. 
Beautiful. Right, mate. What's the most uh, amazing thing you've ever done or seen? And you can also uh, and you can also throw that into the craziest you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, crikey, with with my um, surf wires, I've seen some amazing things. I've seen, yeah, as I say, sixteen uh, trips to Tiantu filming that uh, angle uh, ringside from the boat. But I did the code red there. And it was like 30 foot waves with a 20 foot lip. Yeah. It was like, you know, the most unsavory, evil looking thing you've ever seen in your life. It was almost like a black, purpley looking monster. <laughs> and then the same year, I think maybe it was a year before, we, we had uh, cloud break when yeah. Vulcan were doing it. It was like 20 foot cloud break again with a 20 foot flip of lip. And I did that from the boat, but that was the polar opposite where it looked really, really, you know, it was massive and acute. It had the sun on it and it looked all beautiful and yeah. it was like, wow, have a look at that. Compared yeah. to Chiopa, it was like, oh my God, it was like toughing stuff when the music and the weather goes all nasty. <laughs> 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 and and that, would that be the hairiest situation as well or have you been found yourself in some hairy situations because the boat's not located properly? Or? Um, well, most of the, the, the captains we work with, and we've had, because uh, I've had such a long run, I've probably worked with probably four over the period, but uh, these guys have got flipping blood in one arm and salt water in the other. Yeah. They know it like you wouldn't believe, and there was the, there's a guy, Timidai, and he, he got scalped, had a really bad wipeout, he had his whole flipping scalp ripped off his head, but he used to surf it back in the day with his brothers, and he'd, get, they'd go back home. And the parents go, what have you been doing? Like, well, and they go, oh, we've been on this reef at Chiapa. And I goes, well, where's the fish? What the hell have you been doing on this reef for four hours? Yeah. And they had to explain to their mum and dad, oh, it's this kind of new thing called surfing. And we, you know, boom, boom, boom. But no, it's fascinating. And I, um, it's crazy times too. I had 20 years of Channel 7 and I've won 10 ACS awards. That's the Australian Cinema Photographers Society. So... I've done a, a, a plane crash at Corumban Beach, which is my local beach. I was the first guy on the scene. Yeah. I run the four wheel drive into the shore break with the high beam on, thinking, shit, if I can at least light the scene, we'll have a yeah. chance of saving some of these people. Yeah. Um, I've done some crazy sieges too. Uh, I had a chap called Harold John McSweeney give himself up to me. He'd, uh, just, uh, he'd escaped from jail. He rammed a garbage truck through the notorious front gates of the Bogger Road prison in Brisbane. He was on the run for about seven weeks and he did five armed hold-ups in that uh, period. And this uh, one morning, I had I was on the Gold Coast, I'm the Gold Coast cameraman. I had to go to Brisbane to get my camera repaired. And I was sitting in the newsroom and I could see the news editor and the chief of staff going kind of burko and they were sort of going, oh, we need a camera. And I went, shit. So I've just made the sly call to maintenance. I said, is my rig done? And they said, Gordo, we just did up the last little bolt. You're good to go. Yeah. So I said, hey, shorty, he was the chief of staff. So I'm good to roll. Yeah. He said, mate, fly straight down to the chopper now. Frank will meet you down there. It was Frank Warwick. And he, back in the day, used to be the host of It's Academic a million years ago, and he used to do World Around Us, and he was the seven news anchor at the time. Yeah. So me and Frank are down there, and I didn't have a tripod on me. I just grabbed a couple of tapes and a few batteries. Bang, we hit the road. So what's happened, McSweeney's shot a cop this morning after being on the run. He shot a cop in the hip, a detective at Esk in country... Uh, Country Queensland, so west of Brisbane, we're up on the chopper, yeah. flying along, see, see a couple of cop cars. It was like, wow, 
can't get the bowls on a shot, go a bit further up the road, there's a whole fucking you know, paddock with a bunch of cop cars. So I said to the pilot, Buck Rogers, put it down here. Or in helicopter, Bravo, Tango, Victor, and uh, he, it's a turbo uh, prop, so you just don't switch it off and walk away. So the props are moving, I've bowled it out, tanks come with me, the news read, and we've left Buck Rogers behind to wind the chopper down and whatnot. So they found a motorbike, and this guy was on a bike, and he stashed the bike, and all these cops are like Brea Rabbit on their high legs with guns drawn, you know, going, fuck, he's right here, he's right here somewhere. I'm on my hind, um, sorry, I've got no, no tripods, so I'm, I'm on my guts basically mm-hmm. on the gravel. I had little boulders just getting up the shot because they were right down at the end of the lens at the end of this gully. So if I stay back, but I can still nail it, get some good shots. I hear something behind me. I spin around like, what? And I, the flipping helicopter pilot's going, roll, roll, his arms are waving. There's a guy in front of him, dressed in black. He's, ah, uh, he, he's, Sleeves are rolled up. What pigment of the skin you could see marinated in tattoos. Yeah. And it's the fucking guy, Harold John McSweeney. He's just done the, he shot the cop and he wants to give himself up to me so I can get shots of him with his face in one piece. Because if he appears in court the next day, they're going to go, well, the Queensland cops have just bashed him and that's all they want to do. They'd probably oh, kill him yeah. because they're in an isolated situation. The blood's thick yeah, in the water with the yeah. coppers. He's just shot one of their own. Yeah. This guy's got a ton of form, and he's come over. He's given himself up to me. So uh, we're taking up to the coppers, and the uh, the copper goes goes, "Where's the gun?" And I pan to the to the crim, and he goes, "Well, you're the fucking coppers. You go find it." And then I go back to the cop, and he goes, "Oh, but it's me, Boggy, and us. We're going to find this gun." And then uh, I'm framed him up, and there's just dead silence. And I'm just going, Frank, Frank Warwick, please speak. Ask this guy questions, for fuck's sake. The time's ticking, you know. Yeah. And I couldn't help myself. I just went, mate, it was like something out of the movies. Oh, you know, the way you escape. And I'm patronising him. Like, he's surrounded by coppers and this straight journo. I'm the closest thing to a human being in his yeah. eyes. Yeah. Plus, I'm patronising him. Mate, it's like something out of the movies. When this in the escape. He's gone, yeah, did you like that? <laughs> boom, 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 those classic grabs. And he go, I said, what have I got to say? I said, what do you got to say to yourself before these blokes cut you off? He goes, I just want to let the dog know who put me in. I know exactly who you are, and I am going to get you. And it was this classic dialogue where, you know, shit, I don't know, I think I got a, like a gold cinematographer award for that. But, yeah, um, yeah but no, you look back and you've... And, that it's is. classic, you look at, yeah, and, I, and I've even, I've been pulled up by the rapid action coppers on the Gold Coast here, and uh, straight up, you know, plain clothes, massive blokes with, you know, Glock on one side, bracelets on the other, they go, what are you up to? I said, mate, straight up, you're chasing the wrong bloke, and they go, what are you talking about? I said, mate, you look like you're after a career criminal, I'm some bloke who's just doing a couple of an errand for the missus and doing a surf check on the way, <laughs> and he goes, are you named the Gold Coast Police? And I said, yes, I am. He says, what have you been charged with? And I said, mate, absolutely nothing. I'm not sure if it's six or eight citizens arrest I've got under my belt, but I worked in this city with a police scanner on the dashboard for 20 years, and fuck, I've grabbed a couple of wombats along the way, so I am known to you blokes. Uh, and yeah, and, uh, and it, was, it was like, oh, smart ass, eh? I said, no, jump on your little phone and make a call, and then it'll straight back, Mr. Gordon, have a great day. But, uh, uh, but no, it's funny. Uh, so what do you do in your downtime, Gordo? You travel Mate, most got, of the year. Uh, yeah, I travel most of the year, so I try and marinate my company and family, you know, with the family and keep the joint up the speed. 
at home. I've got a, um, I don't want to sound too queer, but I've got this adorable little dog called Biscuit. Yeah, Biscuit, and, I love uh, a Biscuit. Yeah, you know, I hang out with Biscuit, but there's nothing wrong with having a small dog. There's that massive human Kyborg, who's a, uh, he's been world heavyweight jiu-jitsu champ. He's got a little dog. <laughs> and when, I, when we first got Biscuit, I was in Fiji, and he goes, hey, Gordo, what's new? I said, mate, new addition to the family. He says, what, you got a new kid? I said, hell no. I said, we've got this little pofta dog. But technically, she's not a pofta because she's a gal. <laughs> he's gone, really? I went, yeah, no, it's Biscuit, cool dog. He went, really? Uh, I went, yeah. He goes, Gordo, can you keep a secret? I go, hell no. He turns away and looks back at me and goes, Cinnamon. <laughs> Mine? I got one called Cinnamon. Cinnamon. And I've just gone, yeah, so this massive cyborg, this two times world champion black belt, could kill you with his thumb or little finger. Yeah. He's got a little dog called Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. Oh, mate, he's, he's the best player going. And as I say, I remember once I was at a, at a Vulcan party right at uh, Pipe had this flipping gorilla just giving me eyes and the lap looks. Never met the guy in my life. I don't know if he's been in a slammer, didn't know, you know, I was one of the good old boys, mistaken me from someone else, but he's just giving me a look. And I've just copped it sweet, like, whatever. <laughs> and then I'm cruising, and then flipping Kybal's wife arrives. And she goes, oh, Gordo, how are you? So I jump up, come over, give her a snitch. How are you? All kids all good? Yeah. Oh, well, well, Merry Christmas. So anyway, Kybal's wife goes, I look, this, look, look back at this bloke and goes, oh, bruh, fuck. I'm so fucking embarrassed. You wouldn't believe how many fucking peanuts and cooks we get through this joint. I didn't realize you wanted the good old boys. <laughs> so I proceeded to get a, a bunch of care, a massive care pack of all kinds of little uh, squirrely nuts from this tap. But yeah, it's funny how, you know, the old saying what Rabbit used to say, look after surfing and surfing will look after you. So, and the old saying, when you travel, mate, it ain't the Da Vinci Code, three rules. Good manners, common sense, and respect for others' rights. So just don't be a dick, be a cool bloke, and you'll never get booted up and you'll always walk it back. That's epic. And basically, uh, all the photos on your Instagram and that um, depict a pretty glamorous lifestyle there, Gordo. But uh, tell it how it is. You, you've seen it, seen us, you, you come in and uh, I remember my sister was going like, uh, oh, I think it was it, with Tom Hanks maybe in Fiji, you know, Fiji, the rescue thing, where they're marooned and whatever. Yeah. But she'll be, she'll be doing a job and I'll come back from a dark work. She goes, oh, God, I've been trying to make people look like you all day. <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, you're out there, you know, like a massive day sometimes and yeah. you just, you know, go, shit, I should have tried out at school. Like, <laughs> so you do, you do take your lumps. Yeah. And, um, and I'm 55 now, so I'm even doing all kinds of, stretching and exercises just to prolong my, my jeopardy. Yeah. But just one example, I remember my back was killing me and I was in Fiji doing the boat angle. And it was last year when uh, Owen was surfing incredibly strong. He won that event. He got two lots of teams. He got two teams yeah. in a, in a, uh, going through the event and then he got two teams in the final. And it was just before his heat, my back was flipping, killing me. And I said to the boat driver, I said, look, just take me to the ferry for a sec, mate. And I jumped on the radio and I uh, spoke to our director, Lyle. I said, mate, I said, my back's flipping, killing me. I said, can I just jump off the, and get on the ferry for, you know, 10 minutes and just do a couple of stretches? He goes, yeah, you're good. He goes, take it easy. He goes, I'd rather you going to the, you know, up and running to the finals tomorrow. I said, I'll be right. And I was there and they got all the guys, you know, 
all um, legend uh, sports medicine guys, but they're all working on the surface. I was like a, you know, flipping straight dog that walked in. I was just in the corner, just giving myself a bit of a crack. And I just said to myself, it was like, as a third person, just said, get your fucking ass back in that boat. You work bugger all, all year, you only work selective days. Pain's inevitable and misery's optional. Get back in the boat. So I dragged myself out like a flipping Popeye. Got the boat back over, jump in. Fuck, you got a 10. I'm going, oh, bullshit. Lucky I got back in the boat to that. <laughs> then he backed it up, backed it up and got another 10. And I'm thinking, even though the director said, oh, no, you're good. I'm going, yeah, that would have been a witch hunt for sure. Like, where's yeah, the two epic water there, shots yeah. from the, the water angle for those two waves? So, so I'm pretty blessed. I'm in good sync. And a lot of the guys, like yesterday, was a bit emotional. It was Andy Irons' uh, birthday. And you're looking back and he was such a good mate. And, you know, yeah, I've been, I've shot him winning contest everywhere in the world. He's taken me out for dinner everywhere in the world. And there's even a poster just out outside. Shit, I'm about to take up on Because, yeah, it's good, You're still the man. But, you know, memories like that. Yeah. Just, you, you can never forget it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. How many languages do you speak to, Uh, Seven, believe it or not. Yeah, and I didn't pass grade 10 at school. <laughs> but I remember I was in California last year, and, uh, and I was just having a beer at the end of the day, and I was hanging to be Mexican buddy, Chewy's joint, and I've gone, gosh, you've spoken seven languages today, just in band, and just cruising with people at the beach. Yeah. But the most, the most obscure was Basque. And the guy was totally blown away. And like, there's a father and son. It was like mini, but you didn't have to do a DNA test on the kid and the dad. Go, well, there's this flipping dad and there's the kid. And I looked at him. I said, Brazilero, Spaniel. And he goes, No, Basque. And I've signed, which is good morning. Kesho, which is a greeting. And I was going, Scotty. Gora means go. Scotty, that's their Basque, and they're a Scotty. That's their culture. And, uh, but the guy's just going, like, look at this lunatic Aussie nut. How does he know this shit? You know, like, and even like in, in Jay Bay, too, you get, uh, Maria Parker sponsor a lady called Thelma, and she's a causer, like, um, Nelson Mandela was a causer. They, those guys click. But there's like 11 dialects in, um, Right. In, in, uh, South Africa. Yeah. So as well, and a lot of the guys I work with are, are, are Cape Colored guys. And my son always goes, you can't say that. You can't say, well, mate, trust me. They, they, that's what they're called. They're Cape Colored. They're from, from, from Cape Town. But they're a mix of black and white. So you got the other guys, the Zulus, the Causes, yeah. they're super black. They're like what they call black guys, right? Yeah. But it's classic where a lot of my Cape Colored guys, they speak the Afrikaans, yeah. which is the, you know, the, the white man's language up there. So a funny example, they you know, like little things. They call the kids lighties. And it doesn't matter if you're a white kid or a dark kid, you're a lighty because you're lightweight. You're just a light. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got nothing to do with colour. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds almost rude, but a fakansi yeah. is South African Afrikaans for a holiday. So you'll pull up and go, shop, shop, my lighties. Have a look of Fakansi. <laughs> and they just, woo, go on, flip and burk on them. Your mate sitting next to me is going, what the hell did you say to those kids? <laughs> like if I was a copper, I'd lock you up. Turn it back and I said, no. I said, what's up, kids? Have a good holiday. I'm just going, are you kidding me? So yeah. and, and, but I, they tell me I talk so much cuck, which is shit. <laughs> 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 but, 
And they say, and they say, bro, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, I'm telling, take a turn past my posy, bro. <laughs> and their posy is their posy. But uh, I'm one of the few guys who can go up to that uh, the township at Jeffrey's Bay, and there's like the few names that they call it the township, the location, the posy, the cuz, and it's um. And it's called, I looked at the sign, you wouldn't believe it, you look at the sign, it says, the Tokyo Sex Whale. And I was with Wayne Rabbit Barthondi going, what the flipping hell? Tokyo Sex Whale Township. Well, what's with that? And after doing this so many times, it ain't the Tokyo Sex Whale, it's the Tokyo Sex Whale. <laughs> and he was one of the, <laughs> yeah, Tokyo Sex Whale. He was one of the Mandela's main dudes uh, who, who, who turned the whole pathway around. But you look at his name, it's Tokyo Sex Whale. Tokyo Sex Whale. It's like, well, shit. So even though I'm a dead set dummy, I've learned so much stuff. Like another really cool thing, this guy, white guy taught me this, called the Doctor. Tony, and he used to live in the bushes, and he was champion, you know, well, um, South African surf champ. And he, he'd go to Gorda, brew, because the bushman here, back in the day, he says, if an oak like you or me, and an oak is like a bloke, it's like some other person. Yeah. But if you die before your time, and you're a fella, what they do, they when they bury your body, there's this classic tree, and they've got these nuts. And what they do, they put, they take the nut, and they put it, fucking down, they open up your jaw, they put this nut in your throat, then they bury you. So as your body decomposes, this root drops down, and your your decomposing body fills this tree and gives it a head start, and it'll fucking crack. And they'll water that tree and get it big, and the thing is that even though you passed away, you're still a man. You're still a man looking after everyone and providing shade and shit. So I've learned some you know, I learned a heap of bullshit and some funny stuff, and I've learned some really, you know, like I've even in Mundaka, which is the Basque country, right in Spain, but you don't say Spain, it's the Basque country. I've been at parties there, mate, and there's one of the, the big bosses, Lickham, at two in the morning. Got off. Roll the joint and go to my car now. I was like, fucking hell. Right? They roll these bungers over there like you wouldn't believe. I said, one of the, I said, the one of the boys, I said, just twist one up, help me out with you. So he's going bang. I go down to his car, Mercedes. Get in the car. It's like nothing said. Nothing. Just driving. Don't know where I'm going. It's two in the morning. Been sold into the car like a flipping schoolboy. Get up there. Guess where he takes me? One darker cemetery. It's two in the morning. Yep. Two in the morning. They had a heroin academic. There's a port called uh, Bumeo just down from Mundaka. And all the young people got sucked into it and they lost tons of them. And the, the shock caller, Leakham, he used to hang with these guys, but they knew they were fucked and they'd never let him touch it. And I'd, I'd introduce myself and meet someone for the first time. If you introduced me to someone and he'd shake their hand, I got taken to six gravestones and I got introduced and I'd, just, I'd put my hand on the gravestone. And he'd, he'd go, like, I, I can't ask him, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, can't damn me, you boop, boop, and he'd tell the guys who I am, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, then we'd go to the next dude, and then we'd go to the next dude. And at the end, I'm kind of in shock, like, and he goes, God, where's the joint? I went, oh, God, it's right here. He goes, hold it in, smoking hard. We're smoking for eight people tonight. 
but yeah, some pretty classics, you know, classic times over the years, and uh, even things too where you, you talk to the, the guys at, at uh, in the Basque country, and they'd say, oh yeah, you know, the town's got agreements. You know, our conditions, what we want. If you're going to run this contest in our town, this is what we want. I go, wow, fair thing. And they go, yeah. They go, guess what? I said, you're one of the agreements. Oh. <laughs> oh, so even if they shine me, the show doesn't go on without me because it's the, the old people's choice. And you rock up there too, mate. And you, you know, they fly out like they're going to belt you in the head at the bar. No, 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 no. She goes, what's up? Because your money's false. It's no good. No good. That's his way of saying, don't insult me, but it's like you, mate. You know, it's like what? You're going to give me give me your money and insult me? It's yeah. you're going to be kidding me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, mate, that's unreal. If you got, uh, if you were going to say one thing to uh, give some, a little bit of advice to my two sons, what would you say? Straight back to the good manners, common sense, and respect for others' rights. And also, just remember, you're here for a drop in the ocean. It's not a fucking uh, address rehearsal. A lot of people think, oh, I'll just observe and then I'll get it right. Well, hey, you're wasting time every second, you know, so... Get amongst it, have a ball, and uh, look after yourself and look after your mates. Nah, mate, that's unreal. And I know that you uh, probably haven't paid for a copy of the Quickie Pro for probably a couple of years, but I think it's a flat white, isn't it? Double shot flat white, mate, with a couple of uh, an extra sugar for your old mate. You know that. <laughs> I know that, I know that. Yeah, nah. Uh, it's unreal, it's unreal. But, mate, thanks, Eve. So this is just going to be on our, uh, our, um, our website. Thank you for tuning in there with Stu and Gordo, the great legend of the WSL slash ASP World Surfing Tour. Have a great week and we will catch you in the next podcast coming up soon. Proudly brought to you by Doppio or Nothing Espresso.